Let's get real, let's get inspirational, a little bit emotional, and let's shed some sunshine. This is the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Welcome! Good day and happy Wednesday, and welcome back to the Sunshine Steven Podcast. Today's episode, I am talking to fellow Steven, Steven Salvador, who is the author of books such as Can't Take That Away, and what we're talking about mainly today is And They Lived. And They Lived, uh, let's get into it. It's a beautiful love slash coming of age in college slash finding your identity story uh, where main character Chase is navigating not only college, but his own identity. And then, you know, that first stages of puppy love or really love love with um, Jack, who seems to be like the all-American boy next door type vibes and still navigating like old friendships and art stuff like that and it's got like a fantasy twist elements to it here and there so um i highly recommend it is out now by the way i'll mention that like 12 times in this episode but i was able to get my hands on a copy thanks steven um to read and it's just beautiful i love it um you it's no shocker that i'm obsessed right now with all things gay and queer and interviewing and talking to those that created it and written it so that's what we're talking about today let's get into it welcome steven which is the best name ever in the whole wide world (laughs) uh to the sunshine steven podcast um how are you today I am fantastic. I'm a little, uh, little overwhelmed. It's uh, there's a lot going on right now, but um, you know, I can't complain. But I can complain, but I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Sometimes we all need to vent for sure. And happy Valentine's Day as well too. It's well, being recorded on Valentine's Day for it won't come out on Valentine's Day, but it is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm yeah we me and my husband this is our sixth Valentine's Day together and we're just getting takeout and watching a movie (laughs) me and my husband have been together for this will be our 11th Valentine's Day oh my word I've never celebrated Valentine's Day it is not something that we do yep We've just it's always been like oh yeah happy Valentine's oh it's it's a day all right cool right it is so I can go in a soapbox about how commercialized it is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. shouldn't you love each other all year round? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like, listen, uh, fi- let's find little ways to tell each other that we love each other every Correct. day instead of using, you know, a box of chocolates. Even though there's there there's a box of Ferrero Rocher chocolate on my counter that my husband got from his mom, but... I, for I, you. <laughs> I'm going to consume them as if they are mine. Exactly. So I will enjoy that. Yeah, that is the, <laughs> the peak pinnacle of chocolate candy to me. That That is the number one. I love growing up. We did not. That was a <laughs> not something we had much because we didn't grow up with much money. So we called it rich people candy. Oh, and me that's too. what I thought it was until I got older. And I was like, that's not what you call these. <laughs> oh, but they really are. They like yeah. come in like, it looks like a jewelry box. Right. I mean, it's, it's cute. Yeah. It's rich. You're like, but I don't want to like, eat that is this. Pinnacle. It is. <laughs> 
that's it. that's how you know you've made it you're like oh, i can get for rich people candy um awesome well thank you so much for taking time uh to chat about your new book which this episode is going to be airing a day after it's out so happy God. pre post publishing day to future you <laughs> wild yeah it is it is very wild. So let's jump into that. I'll let you kind of give whatever backstory you want to give about yourself and then maybe a summary of the book. And then we're going to jump into it because I have lots of questions because that's just who I am. <laughs> cool. Um, so I am Steven Salvatore. Um, I use they, them, or he, him pronouns, whatever uh, tickles your fancy. Um, I, I, I will respond to whatever. Um, I teach college composition, which Ooh. is always fun. That's always Easy. a nice point. Um, my debut YA, Can't Take That Away, came out March of last year. Um, I've been writing books since, I think since I can remember. I mean, at least since I was a good solid, like eight years old. Yeah. Fresh out the womb, just like, all exactly. right, mom, I got this. <laughs> Lion King fan fiction was my jam. That's what I did. I was writing fanfic from of like all my favorite Disney movies. Yeah. Um, and, but it wasn't until like I was in college that I thought, oh, maybe I could like, I don't know, do it's this true. as like a thing one day. Um, and you know, it was just, uh, I, I worked at it and, uh, I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and failed and failed and failed and failed until, uh, something landed. Um, I don't even, this is, this is supposed to be like a short little, like, who am I? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just rambling. Cause I, 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 feel, I feel like, do we really know who we are? And right. that's, that's how I'm going to land this plane right? yeah. is, do we ever really know? Do we ever really know? I'm figuring, honestly, I figure myself out every day. Same. But uh, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you want like the short bullet points, can't take that away last year and they live this year. I teach college English or composition. So that's me in a nutshell. That's really awesome though. That's, I always dreamt about being a teacher slash professor, but I don't know if I could, even now in my, my professional life, I work in human resources and I have to do training or it might be once a month where I have to spend six hours lecturing or teaching something. And then after that, I'm like, I can never do this as a profession. <laughs> this is too much. I'm, let me tell you, it is, it does zap a lot of energy um, and I know that like after I'm lecturing all day, my brain is mush. Um, and, but I do love getting to interact, um, with students. So, you know, it does give, it does give back. It takes, yeah, but, but it gives back at least. <laughs> That's good. It's a good relationship to have give and take. So <laughs> exactly. definitely. So your two books that you have, um, that mainly we'll talk about, I'm guessing, or if you can answer, were they written during the pandemic now that we're going on near? two or three, whatever it is. Um, how was that? <laughs> so, oh, uh, uh, okay, so uh, Can't Take That Away was written before the pandemic. Gotcha. That, uh, I started writing that in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, the, for, and They Lived um, has sort of like a weird history. I, the main character, Chase, 
is a character who's lived inside my head since I was 15. Mm. Um, in a lot of ways, I sort of like used him as like a, as a, as a human shield, invisible yeah. friend, whatever, you know, that yeah. little voice inside my Alter head ego, that yeah. like allowed me to escape myself mm -hmm. um, and just sort of like live in my own imagination. Um, and I wrote the first version of his story um, as a full length novel in 2006 when I was a sophomore oh, in wow. undergrad. Um, that story will never see the light of day, it's horrible. Um, truly just just a, a from the vault. <laughs> that, that is that is like, you know, if I ever become famous and I die and like someone's going through like my vault. Yeah. Um, if anyone publishes that, I will come oh, back alive <laughs> so that I could kill that person and then just fall back asleep again because it's yeah. just happened. Um but it was something that I needed to do. You know, it was the yeah. first time that I ever tried to write a book before. Um, and that that character was just so much a part of me um, that I had, I don't know, he was just calling to me. Yeah. Um, but obviously that wasn't working. Um, so I put that aside for a couple of years and I picked him back up again in like 2009, 2010, when I started writing a totally different version of his story um, that has more of it, more of the elements that are in and they live now like that's that version of the story is when I first introduced the Jack character mm -hmm. um, and I have since like scrapped and completely rewritten from the ground up like five or six times wow um, so I think and they lived is like the seventh version of Chase's story, like completely, totally different every single time because I could never get it right. Mm -hmm. So I would try to tinker and try to make it into something and then realize this isn't working. So with each version, like different characters were introduced and I would then just pluck the characters out and put them into a brand new story. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, like it, I, the the last version before the the now version um, had the Layla character and mm. Jack and Chase, um, but there's a lot that everything else is like pretty much brand new. Um, Which so is yeah, awesome, though. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's a long drawn out process. Um, but this version of and they lived, I actually wrote during the summer of 2020. Okay. Um, and I wrote, I was really, really productive for like the first six months of the pandemic. <laughs> like we all were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, I, I know this is like not something that like we're supposed to talk about, but like I was kind of living during the first six months of the pandemic as an introvert, as somebody yes. who like doesn't <laughs> like to be social. I don't really, I like to be social with the people that I love, Same. Yep. but I don't like to be out in public very much. I don't like crowded, I never really, I never liked crowded spaces before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, so it just like, especially those first six months, like granted me license to stay inside and work on my writing because there was With no judgment. <laughs> exactly. Like I knew that nobody would bother me. Right. Um, so I, I, I got a lot done. I wrote three books. Oh, it was wow. 
really an intense pro and then of course you know i hit a wall and then the depression sunk in and you know we could we could go into all of that but you know um if we so, wanted to but sounds like it's a it's a steven thing because i was the same way the first couple months me and my husband both were like we already shop at costco so we have plenty of toilet paper we don't like to socialize and go out we have a few uh close-knit friends so we'll stay in contact with them but I was like, oh, I, I started a podcast. <laughs> I was like, I could write more. I could do this. Like I started meditating more, doing a lot. But then like, towards the end of 2020 was like, oh, wait, this is our life now. Like now the depression sunk yeah. in and everything yeah. like that. After a while, it's like, oh. Like this oh. is it. <laughs> this is oh all right okay this is the this is the new normal all exactly right. yeah no it definitely and it actually hit where I was at the time we, we were living in North Carolina and lockdown happened the week of my birthday <laughs> so I was like well for my 27th birthday I guess I'll just Happy sit here birthday. and my husband was he actually because his situation with work they laid a lot of people off and they didn't want him to be laid off and so they sold a property he works in property management so he was actually down in florida like nine hours away so i was like okay for my 27th birthday i'm just gonna sit here and <laughs> drink wine by myself i guess That's so sad. it was pretty sad but <laughs> now i'm like you know what it's okay we're alive <laughs> we're good so it's fine but i feel like there has been uh, i've talked to a lot of people <laughs> and especially creative people, authors. That's one of my goals now is to get every queer author ever on my podcast because <laughs> I want their voices to be heard. Um, but a lot of creative people are like, oh, now I have time to actually do stuff to where I'm, oh, I can't go out. I can't, because we were, we're really bad at that sometimes too. Like if, oh, we're bored, let's go to Target just to walk around. But that's as big as like, I'm not like, I don't want to go to a club. I don't want to go to a crowded restaurant or anything like that. But I'm like, okay, Tarjay's like, <laughs> we're being bad. We're stepping out. So I, I totally get that hermit lifestyle. <laughs> no judgment. It, it, it's wild how much um, things have changed just like at, on a personal level, like not, not even with the world because we can talk about that forever. Mm -hmm. But like, just on that like personal level of, you know, going out and like the, the things that we used to do feel weird now. And you I would know, never go bowling ever again. <laughs> it yeah, just... and that's not, that's not something that I would have thought about. And now I'm, <laughs> now I'm thinking like, I'm going to stick my fingers and right. exactly. like, other people are sticking their fingers. That's... And then what if I'm hungry and I want to eat, like, I'm not washing my hands in between. No, thank you. I'm good. I have like panic attacks sometimes where I'm like out and about and like, I'll have a snack in my car or whatever. And I'm like, I'm eating something with my hands and it's like, Oh, did I, shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> I sanitize my hands. Did I, I don't, I don't think I washed my hands between like gumming right. out of the building and like walking in my car. Cause where would I do that? It's like great. That 0.01% of germs that did not get killed by the hand sanitizer is Corona trying to get me so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. same thing knock on wood podcast yep. if you hear a knocking it's me knocking on wood yep i yep i'm the same we have so much hand sanitizer like everywhere everywhere and i do kind of, i don't know if you're the same way but i'm not a very 
touchy-feely person anyways with strangers and in my profession with strangers right well in human resources usually if I'm interviewing or meeting somebody it's usually like a handshake and stuff like that and now I'm like get out of it and I'm like nice to meet you don't touch me and it's acceptable so that I'm like I don't want that to ever go away actually silver linings I mean it is it is a very it is a very unsanitary practice I think because I can control how often I wash my hands, but Correct. I can't control how often you wash yours. Exactly. Do I want to, do I want really shake your hand? Really? Yes, exactly. Um, I don't know. And men are disgusting. I've been to public restrooms before and I, the number of times where I hear a flush and they walk out without washing their hands. And I'm like, I always, I'm like, please don't be a server. Please don't be a server. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that person that like this, ha- and this happened like uh, a month or a month ago um, where me and my husband went to Florida um, and I'm in the airport and I'm in the bathroom. I'm washing my hands and I see a guy come out of the stall and just walk right out the door. And me, because I am a bitch, I walk out and I'm like, this guy just left and didn't wash his hands. And I, and I, you know what? And if you want to be embarrassed by that, you should, because you didn't wash your hands, sir. Exactly. Like disgusting before the pandemic, disgusting. And like, I don't know, an extra layer of, yeah. of unsanitary now. Correct. And I will say as a Floridian, I currently live in Florida. Sounds like a Floridian. <laughs> that way. <laughs> we we uh, yeah it was a because we lived in charlotte north carolina for about two years and just moved back last year um whole nother story but i we came back and i was like what is like in north carolina you couldn't even go to Publix or target like without a mask on they'd be like no put a mask on or you can't shop florida they're like whatever you got bath salts and alligators and no mask we're good let's go <laughs> like coronavirus not real <laughs> People were looking at me and my husband as if we were nuts because Aliens, yeah. we were wearing masks. And I'm like, I, I was like, I'm wearing my mask. I don't know about you, but like, yep. I'm wearing my mask in public. Yep. He's that, like, no, no, yeah, let's wear. <laughs> it is still that way. Where are y'all at in Florida, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, down in Naples. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, which is really Naples, nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, we're in Jacksonville and it's. <laughs> It's just really interesting when the pandemic happened and we moved back and we were like, what is this? A, this is a whole nother world. And they're like, mm, whatever. And I'm like, you literally couldn't even go to Target without getting tackled to put a face mask on. And here oh. they're like, whatever. It's not real. And I'm like, okay. So wild. Cool, cool, cool. Um, back to your books. <laughs> so, oh, is that what we're talking about? That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can soapboxes about a lot of foods. Um Back to the books, though. Um, so you said you wrote three books, which is a big undertaking, I feel like. Um, yeah. Taylor Swift Jr. here, because Taylor Swift was like, I'm going to release 17 albums during the pandemic. I feel a kinship. Yeah. Y'all are basically best friends now. Y'all are the same person. Yes. Please tell her that. Yeah. And that actually, we'll get to it. I have questions during the rapid fire where I was thinking about her. Um so three books, so we'll mainly focus on And They Lived. How was that? Um, you talked about having the core characters, but I guess for the seventh or whatever time you said it was, was it pretty swift? That's another <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> jab. Um, was it swiftly coming to you or was it something that it took you a month or two or 
since we were in a pandemic, you were like, oh, three weeks in. And I'm like, all right, next. Or how, how was it specifically for that? Well, so when the pandemic first hit, I was sort of, I was in the beginning stages of writing a, um, a queer sci-fi mm-hmm. um, and getting the license to just work on that nonstop. I was able to finish that. Um, that took me a while. Um, and then I was trying to figure out what do I do next? Mm-hmm. Um, because I was editing, um, can't take that away at the time also. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that, that was the book I was getting paid to do. So I'm right. like, I got this. Right. Um, and I wrote what is going to be my third book that's coming out next summer, um, so <laughs> of, of 2023, I wrote that book. And then I was like, oh, I, um, I think it might be time to like revisit Chase and yeah. his story. Um, and I was talking, you know, with my one of my, you know, closest friends, um, uh, Nicholas Didamizio, who wrote Burn It All Down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's like my my most trusted writing companion. Um, and I was just like, do I unearth this character? Mm-hmm. Is this somebody that like I really want to? try to get right this time because I've gotten him, I've gotten his story wrong so many times Mm -hmm. that if I write this again and it still isn't working, I think I'm going to pull all my hair out. Uh, (laughs) And I didn't have all this hair at the time. I was like, but you have beautiful hair. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) My hair at the time was super short. Um, Like yours, actually shorter than yours. Um, But I was like, I, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go for it. And I ended up writing and they lived in like 44 days, I think. Oh, wow. Um, just like straight through, it just came to me. Oh, that's um, good. And the version of it that's being published is more or less that, that draft. Um, obviously like it went through some editing mm-hmm. and you know, speaking things here and there, but every the shape of it you know what you're seeing is basically what ended up coming out and it just came out so beautifully in the first mm-hmm. draft. this is the, the only time that this has ever happened to me yeah um, and so in that way like i mean this book is really special to me for like a myriad of reasons um one of them is that you know, obviously like this character has been a part of me for mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever, 20 years. I was going to say, I can't do math, but a long time. <laughs> 20 years. Like, yeah. so I'm 35 now. Um, and I mean, obviously like the fact that it came out just so fluidly, um, I don't know. It's just like something very magical. And I, mm-hmm. I love this book so much. Um in a way that I don't think I've ever loved anything else that I've written. Yeah. Degree. Like I've liked everything. I'm like, oh, this is good. Like I have some merits. Yeah. But like, this book, I'm like, I love this book. Well, that's that's always good. I always think of um, the iconic queen, uh, Dolly Parton. She's mm-hmm. said in interviews before, she feels like her songs are like her babies when yeah. she does it. So it's like, this is your your new baby that you're introducing to the world. Um, and you feel so strongly about it and it is it's almost I feel like this book at this time too is 
and this is a pun when people read the book, like lightning <laughs> in a bottle almost, mm-hmm. because I feel like there's been a wave of a lot of queer stories now that when I was younger, I was like goosebumps. I can, <laughs> that's all I could read. There wasn't any queer stories to really go off of. And then if it was on TV or film, it was always the stereotypical or implied, but we can't say. So they're just like the sassy friend or anything like that. Um, so now I'm like eating all this stuff. And this is why I'm like, I want every single queer author on this podcast so everybody can read their books. So I feel like the timing is great, but then the story is just perfection as well too. A lot of people can relate to it. I came out when I was 19 in college. A lot of things that Chase is like, Oh, bodies at dysmorphia. I feel like that's something that needs to be talked about more, especially in the queer community. So kudos mm-hmm. to that as well, too. <laughs> but then also kind of being, I always say like when you're a baby gay and you you find somebody you like and you're like, do they like you? You turn into that little like 12-year-old, like, oh, I get butterflies, I don't know. And so I I loved it. I was eating up. There were parts where though I was like, just do it. Get it. Like, just, <laughs> Just, just go for it, because. But that's like <laughs> slutty I mean, Stephen. Listen, if this, if 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 this were not YA, <laughs> it would have been a much different rollout. Um. So you know, there are there are some restrictions there, and yes. I definitely had to. That was that was one of the things that had to, that had to be um, toned down. Yeah, I was gonna say watered down, toned down. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I had my editor um, who I've, I've, I don't have the same editor anymore. Um, mm-hmm. She left, but my editor who approved that book and who wanted to take that on, she was amazing. Um, and one of the things that like I told my agent with that book was, you know, the sex scenes to me are pivotal. Mm-hmm. They're really, really important. Um, they, you know, it's not like it jumps right into full on sex. Right. There's uh, a buildup. <laughs> there, there is a buildup and it's like three different forms of sex in the three sex scenes that exist in the book. Yep. Yep. And I didn't want it to be fade to black. I didn't want it to be, you know, oh, and they kiss and and he feels something and he comes alive and like that's, and it's just like- it's like implied. Super, super yeah. implied abstract bullshit. Yeah, read between like, the lines, yeah. I wanted it to be really realistic um, because this is, this, you know, obviously like I'm not speaking for every single gay experience because I cannot speak to every single gay experience. Right. Um, but sexual encounters and sexual experience was really um, pivotal for me. Um, and I am a very sexually open, sex positive person. Um, and so it was really important for me to show a series of realistic sex scenes. And obviously there is that like, romance you know spin to them and there is a little bit of a young adult gloss over them because of 
you know, the genre and, and the age demo. Right. Right. Um, but that was, that was like one of the things that like I had, we, I had to tone down just a little bit. Um, for the most part, those sex scenes are the ones that I wrote originally. My editor was like, maybe we just get just a little less graphic, like just a little, like you, like, don't, I guess. you don't need all this detail. And I'm like, okay, I see where you're coming from. It's like, but that's what the gays want. <laughs> you know, well, I know. And then I'm like, I don't want to be like erotica, but right. like, like 50 I wanted it, yeah. I just, I wanted it to be like super, um, just super open. Yeah. Uh, especially for somebody like Chase, who is a virgin mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I'm not a fool. Like many teens are not virgins when they enter college. Um, Chase just so happens to be, um, I mean, listen, I didn't lose my virginity until I was in my early 20s. So I, I Chase has a leg up on me. I, I was going to say, that's another, yeah, I was 19. So it was in college. I listened to my mom, RIP mom, miss you, love you. She always told me, I know that not having sex is not a reality in these times and days, but she said, please wait until college. So I did just that. <laughs> but then the floodgates open in college. And if my husband's listening to this episode, close your ears, because uh, it <laughs> floodgates really open. So I it was relatable. And then like, oh, okay. Like, I see, yeah. Because we don't, again, speaking, not speaking for the whole queer community, but we don't get a lot of that. There's a lot of the heterosexual love scenes and stuff that we're like, okay, cool. And then we got like Brokeback Mountain where I watch and I'm like, there's no way that that little glob no. spit did anything. No <laughs> fucking way. I'm sorry. It is not happening. Not at, I was like, I will never forget. Cause of course like I did not watch that when I was younger. Um, heaven forbid my grandparents would have thrown across at me. So I watched it as I got older after I was a bit experienced. And I, I just, that scene, I was like, there's no fucking no. I I said there's did they not do research? <laughs> like, I'm thinking I'm thinking not. I'm no, thinking not at all. But they went to the box office to get that money. Anywho. I mean, listen, like you know, that movie uh spoke to many people, not me. Uh, it didn't it didn't do anything for me. Uh but and that was one of the things that like, you know, I I, I just could realize there's just not a lot of books queer books right especially for for young people you know hardly any for college age you know uh queer teens um that really showcase in in some realistic sense what that should look like you know like hey um, you should be informed about safe sex. Right. And you should be informed about the kinds of sex that you want to have and, you know, how to go about that. Here, you know, here's some condoms. Here's right. some, let, let's talk about what topping and bottoming looks right. like. Right. Here's some lube. Don't use yeah. <laughs> and and like being able to like have those conversations with other gay friends. Right. You know, in a way that's like you know, oh, this is not, um, this is not 
something that uh, represents like sexual tension. Right. You know, there's no love triangle here in the book, like between Chase and and Benny. Yeah. Um, and Jack or Chase and Benny and his other roommate X. Um, you know, there's that that connection that Chase and Benny have you know, that sort of like open, like, yeah, okay. Just like, show me your underwear. Like, yeah, I want to see see, like the cute birds on your underwear. Like, it's not, you know, like let's, you walked in on me having sex. It's totally fine. Like there's no ulterior motives there. It's just a a friendship, (laughs) like a good gay friend that you're like, oh yeah, girl, here's my underwear. Is very, very representative of what it's like to have gay friends. It's like you are open in ways that are, you know. Right. Very free. Well, gates open. (laughs) (laughs) Steven and college. (laughs) And that's, that, that was one good thing though, seeing the different types in different ways because one might pick up the book and like me and be like oh okay like I could see myself there or there or like you said like no knowledge at all and it's like I'd rather be informed and have some type of idea it's like silently secretly teaching them <laughs> in a very entertaining way as well so I, I'm all for that because people get hurt and <laughs> do stupid things because they just don't know exactly. it's not something we don't learn about that we did not learn about that in sex education no. uh, at all <laughs> so it's very geared towards the heteronormative way of having sex and i'm like i don't have interest in that body part so i think we're good <laughs> so, exactly exactly so I'm, I'm glad that it's out there um trying to move on because I do have uh, other questions when we'll circle back to the book but in general what draws you to drawing or drawing what draws you to writing um oh gosh what draws me to writing it Um, seems like like you said you've been doing it for a very long time so hopefully (laughs) you like it I do no I love it I, I need it I need it to live I think it's just the need to tell stories um that's sort of like the, that's probably like the canned answer. Mm-hmm. I would say the real answer for me personally is to process my life and my experiences. Um, and if I can do that in an entertaining way right. that speaks to readers um, of all ages, of all backgrounds, um, then that's great. Yeah. Um, I know that like, you know, some people get all up in arms about saying like, oh, you're supposed to write for a very specific audience and that's who you're writing for. And I would say yes for some people. Right. And some age demographics, picture books, middle grade chapter books i would say those those aged and and a lot of ya right um you know where it's like here's here's my audience and here's the thing that i'm trying to communicate mm-hmm. and i have to do it this way um for me it is really about me processing the things that i've been through um, 
and then obviously like the story, the story matters. So right. it's like filtering my life and my experiences through these fictional lenses. Um, and especially like for, and they lived like, that was my way of rewriting the past yeah. where it's like the, the first, the first guy that I fell in love with it, which who was based on Jack um, that didn't go well Mm. um and it was one of those like formative experiences for me that changed a lot yeah of my outlook on life and love and writing that book was a way to give myself and my younger self and that jack yeah a happily ever after so to speak that's beautifully said very therapeutic i would think because yes for me personally and i'm i have a lot of friends as well too back to being a baby gay i you know you have that your first love and everything you're like this is it i found the one i can see us together and then it doesn't go the way you think and you're like oh shit i I do have to rewire my brain and so many life lessons for me personally, I, I like, I'm like, well, now I know what I'm looking for in a partner, what I don't want in a partner, all this. But for me, I was like, well, I don't know what to do with this. So I'll just talk to my therapist about it one day, maybe. I don't know. So for you to be able to put that into a entertaining way um, and share it with other people too that have either gone through it or will go through it. Because I can tell you now, <laughs> usually your first love is probably not going to be your last. It's a, as beautiful as it sounds you don't always get that happily ever after with your first love. So glad that it was put into that form for other people to see, read. Yeah. Or hear if it's going to be an audio book as well too. (laughs) Yes, it will be an audio book. I don't know know when we're announcing that. It's we're only only a couple of weeks away. No, I mean. It'll be out before. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I'm not, I don't, I was not told that it's like some big secret. So, you know. There has been times where I've interviewed authors and they're like, oh yeah, but like my next book is called blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll take it out. I promise. Oops. Or they'll be like, yeah, I just got the film rights. And I'm like, oh, cool. And they're like, oh, wait. And I'm like, that's okay. I'll take it out. I'm not trying to sabotage anybody's career. Um, as far as other writers though, do you have any advice to any other writers as my dog starts barking? Because I think my husband is home. Um, any advice to writers? Just write, write your story the way that you need to write it for you. So be authentic and be truthful. Um, I think the worst thing that people can do is to try to, um, I don't know, for lack of better words, like fit a square peg into a round hole. Right type of a thing where, you know, I'm, I'm trying to write to a trend yeah. and it's like, um, trends are so fast moving. And so, you know, a, a lot of it is cyclical. Um, you can't predict what is trendy right now is not going to be trendy by the time your book right. comes out because right. assuming, you know, let's, let's assume you have a leg up and you have an agent, like they have to sell the book and it's mm-hmm. still going to be 18 months at minimum before it's on store shelves. So by that time, who knows what's going to be popular. What's changed. Yeah, exactly. So just write the stories that you need to write. 
Um, and if it's something that you need to do, if it's something that pulls at you, don't give up. Um, because that it, it is very, very easy to give up. Mm-hmm. Writing is fucking hard. It is, it takes up all of your free time and all of your not free time because you're thinking about what you're what, writing yep. and what you need to do. And, oh, I can fix this. And, oh, shit, I'm not by a computer. What do I do now? Um, and it's like, you have to tell your friends or family like, oh, I can't, I can't do yeah. this because I have to stay home and write. Right. Um, and you could come up with a 350 word page, a 350 page manuscript. And it could be not what you need. To yeah. <laughs> I'm like trying to like restrain myself because I know how I speak. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> it, it, it could end up being not, not workable yeah. uh, and you might have to start over um, as somebody who has started over, over and over and over again. Um, it can be really easy to feel discouraged. Oh yeah. Um, but you do it because you need to, there's a need to pull, there's a need to like, you know, to write, there's a pull towards that. Hmm. Um, and that's, I, I never gave up because I always felt pulled to do it. Um, so yeah, just, be, be, be okay um, with failing and trying over and over and over again and just be patient. Definitely. Yeah. I've, I've said it a lot of times on this podcast. <laughs> Failure could be your best friend because yeah. you learn something from it. You exactly. grow from it. You learn something. And like, listen, no tea, no shade to all of the, you know, authors out there who are publishing books at like 21 years old those authors are not the majority the majority of authors are far older and it doesn't have anything to do with like age or wisdom or anything like that Mm -hmm. but it can be really discouraging as as somebody who was on the other side where i was trying to get an agent and couldn't for a decade Mm -hmm. watching people who were younger than me get agents and then get book deals and then get movie deals. It was so discouraging to oh, me. I bet. But uh, you have to realize like their talent is their talent. They deserve what they've gotten. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I deserve what I should get, then I'm going to keep working at it. Right. I'm going right. to keep working. And eventually I'm going to get to the point where I am able to sell books and Luckily, I, I've gotten my foot through the door. Right, right. Trying, you know, to, to build that career. Um, but it's still, like, I still get those moments of like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. This cool. is, <laughs> yeah, like, oh my God. I just spent all this time <laughs> this. And... <sighs> this sucks. I have to start over. Right. I have to scrap this whole, you know, I have to scrap this whole half of this book and start mm-hmm. over again. Um, even though I've been doing this for years, like, don't you think I would know by now? And right. it's, just, it's not the way it works. You just, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. Right. The moral of the story, never give up. And sometimes shit just doesn't add up. <laughs> you gotta start over. <laughs> 1000 per Uh, I always like to ask, and you can name a group of people, um, family members, leaders in the world, whoever, I always like to ask people, who inspires you? Um, like myself. 
Yeah, I mean, people like you inspire me. Um, Even I know. <laughs> you know, uh, queer people who are doing the work and, you know, trying to make the world a better place. Um, that uh, that inspires me tremendously. Um, my husband inspires me. Um, he's very, very, very different from me. Um, whereas, like, I am very loosey-goosey and creative and you know I, I i sometimes don't feel like tethered to the mm -hmm. planet. i'm like floating somewhere in outer space he's super grounded um very practical very pragmatic he he balances me out in that way um but just the way that he handles everything that comes is just very inspiring to me oh. um hopefully he's still in the room to hear all this sweetness no he is working in the office how right? dare he <laughs> how dare he just uh, when the episode comes out play that clip specifically for him and be like oh <laughs> i i'm i'm gonna have to because he doesn't, like, he doesn't like to listen to podcasts which i personally think is a crime um because that's all i do is listen rude. to podcasts yeah. <laughs> I, it's very rude yeah. um but he's like i can't listen to people talk i'm like like what <laughs> but granted you know to give him credit that's all he does all day is listen to people talk so oh, i okay, yeah. i understand that it can be you don't want to like continue to listen to people talk when you're not getting paid to do that true um, i could see that yeah He's a therapist, by the way. I don't think I mentioned I that. literally, in my mind, I was like, <laughs> I think he might that. be a therapist because I work with therapists. And I'm, I'm like, I always think like, y'all probably are the same way when you go home. Like, because I'm the same. I'm always, I always have to talk to people throughout the day. Human resources, people always have questions and stuff like that. So when I go home, I'm like, don't talk to me. Nobody talk to me. <laughs> don't call me on the phone. Text me. I don't want to talk. Like, I, I've talked all day. <laughs> so we get that. <laughs> But um, I, I'll listen to people talk on podcasts, though. <laughs> I mean, I love it. Yeah, my husband, he he doesn't read. He doesn't listen to podcasts. He will listen to um, true crime podcasts if I listen to them with him, like, in the car. I have to actively be like, okay, I'm putting on a podcast. He hates, though, if, we, if I'm driving, because we always have, like, an unspoken rule. Whoever's driving, they get to choose whatever plays and I'm like okay I'm, I have an audiobook that I'm gonna and he's like I can't listen to this I can't they're just and I'm like Ugh. love him <laughs> mean it love him yep but it is it's the, the balance like you said um anybody else that comes into mind before I go on a larger tangent um I'm there's there's so there's there's so many people I'm it's it's little people in my life um that that inspire me. I mean, my friends that have been with me for most of my life. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm inspired by like the people that I surround myself with. So uh, a good thing. A good support system is very inspiring. Yeah. You know, you need, you need to, you need to, have people around who are going to be in your corner who are going to go to bat for you right um and it's hard to find that and uh really, really yes really, really i've hard. learned that the older i get the more i'm like mm, this is 
It's not like the movies. It's true. I mean, like I, so, I, you know, there's, I, I, I met someone, you know, a, a new friend. Um, and I realized, right, as an, as an adult, like it's really difficult to meet new people and like make genuine connections. connections. Yep, <laughs> uh, it's so hard. It's so, it's not it like, it's not like high school where like you're put together. Right. And, you know, you coexist. Yeah. You're here. It's not like college where, you know, you kind of, I don't know, you're, it's like a simul, it's like a real life simulator where it's like, it's still not real, but you're put together with these people who have these same like goals and ideas and you want to have fun with them. And, right. you know, when you're an adult and you're married and you know you're in a pandemic like how do you how do you like meet people and like make friends and right you know, and not get murdered because yeah, that's where my like, mind goes to <laughs> like, I, have, I, have, I have a very 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 small 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 collection of close friends mm-hmm. um that like i think like have been with me for like you know, 20, Eons, yeah. like since I've been, since I've been a child, basically. Um, and it's like meeting, meeting someone new who could be a new friend who just understands and, and it's very, very rare. And it's, it's, it's super inspiring when, you know, a new friendship can, I don't know, fill your cup. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired by old friends. I'm inspired by new friends. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm in this like super grateful place yeah. in my life. So I don't know if I'm sounding if no. I'm in sort of sense. I don't know. No, I totally, you know, I am um, speaking of writing and stuff like that. I'm actually, cause I've been drawn to it for years and talk about start over, scratch that um, multiple drafts my memoirs, but it's my memoir, memoirs, I don't know the correct one, but I've related it all to The Wizard of Oz because that was my escape mechanism as a child up until adulthood. I actually, um, I'll turn the camera around afterwards to show, I call it my Oz fist because there's nothing but Wizard of Oz stuff <laughs> covering I me. And this is fun. Yes. emerald green behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've related everything and I talk about friendships and how some friends are meant to be there, like the Scarecrow, Tin Man and Lion, your whole journey on the Yellow Brick Road. And mm-hmm. some are like Glinda, who you meet for a brief second and then they float off in a bubble. But that's good. <laughs> You're fine. They're not meant to be there the whole time. So mm-hmm. I totally pick up what you're putting down. It totally makes sense. It's what it's it's a weird thing too, because like I I've always been somebody who, like, if I'm gonna put my energy out there into you know building some sort of a friendship like you're gonna be my friend for life like you're not getting away right 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 so it's like the people who just sort of like slide in and then slide out that's always been a very difficult thing for me personally to deal with um which is why like i tend to close up shop close ranks and i don't let new people in um but like i i i made the decision to you know let a couple people in as new friends very recently and it's been incredibly rewarding and it seems like some lifers so you know i think that's i think that's um 
think that's really nice. Yeah, no, totally is. That's especially now, like you said, because it's harder as adults, especially when you're in a pandemic and everything. And mm-hmm. The age range is as well too. Like I have some friends that are married, started a family and everything. I'm like, cool, they get it. Like, hey, I have to check. Like, and then some that are like, I ain't never settling down. Like, let's go do this. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> I have a nine to five. I have podcasting that I do on the side. I try to write when I can. Like, I can't stay up until one, two in the morning at a club. Like, can't do that. Sorry. Plus, I get really grumpy because I'm in bed usually <laughs> at like nine. So <laughs> it is harder. Um, so I do want to move on to the rapid fire questions. Yeah. Um, I, I created two specifically to cater towards you and and the book um and then I have random I'm not going to read all of them people always are like oh crap there's like 77 of them but I randomly pick out a few I don't read them (laughs) I created them though they're just random get to know you questions um but I'll start with the ones that I kind of made for you so if and they lived was turned into a film whether that be music movie or tv what artists and slash or songs would you like to see in the soundtrack oh that's easy um a thousand percent years and years Mm. um the song they're they're community which makes sense (laughs) because yeah i mean they're they're yeah they they make an appearance in the book right (laughs) or or he i mean ollie yeah ollie is now the only member of years and true yeah which when i wrote it was not the case um because I was so, wondering, I was like, oh, I thought it was just, <laughs> so I like, but then the reason why I know who he is, is, um, gosh, what was that show he was in? It's a Sin on HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which made me cry. Like, every episode, <laughs> like mm-hmm. it could be the smallest thing I'd be crying. So that's, I was like, I actually know that band slash person. So yes. anyways, continue. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, uh, years and years, their, the, their first album, which when they were a band, and not just one person, um, inspired like a, the majority of my writing process. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would want, I would want them to, I would want that. I would want, I would want years and years to like curate the album, yeah. if not, like do the whole soundtrack. But like, like, I would also want artists like Betty who on there and lights, um, which those three artists I think were the ones that I listened to the most including my disney soundtrack because you know obviously <laughs> it's a given yes i when i was thinking of that question all i imagined because the fairy tale parts of it um if you haven't noticed i'm a big taylor swift fan love her love. and when she performed i think it was last year at the grammys or one of the big and she did um cardigan and August and all that but she had like this very like woodland (laughs) creature vibe where it was like the house and everything and she's on top and it has like the mossy grass and everything and so I was like oh folklore I could plug some folklore songs or ever more songs into this and it make make sense so thousand percent there were definitely some uh some uh folklore songs on uh on my playlist specifically August yes Um, I live for that song and that song, it was just like, just, it was just perfection. I, 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 ugh, so good. So when I was editing, cause I had finished the book by the time that album came out. 
Um, but when I was going through the editing process, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Let's add this right to the list. It's going to be great. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that actually does. And I thought, oh, folklore, but August would be like the perfect songs from an album mm-hmm. to, to fit along with that. Yep. Um, awesome. So the next the new question: It's New Romantics. From- oh, New Romantics! Oh my gosh! Sorry, I cannot wait for that. Uh, the Taylor's version. Taylor's version, and I'm like so red again. She was busy during the pandemic. She still is. I mean, she's still cranking them out. But to be like, surprise, bitch! Here's folklore, Evermore, and then all that. I still make it for money. Good oh for yeah, her. she is. She said, you know what? No man's going to keep me down. I'm going to re-record. Nobody thought she was doing it. And I, that's the biggest like F you, I think, to the music industry and to that guy that I'm not even going to say his name. Uh, <laughs> next question that I, I created was, um, if you had to cast some of the characters from the books into, it could be Disney or... Um, fairy tales like any fairy tales if you had to cast them like if you think oh this person you know chase would be a good peter pan or x y and z what comparisons would you make oh oh my god this one was a little bit harder (laughs) i feel like i feel like jack would be a really good hercules i literally was thinking i was like i don't want to steer the answer but i was like he hercules mm-hmm. <laughs> the blonde hair i think benny would be some sort of wisecracking side character like an animal of some kind yeah. i just i feel i feel that energy for him correct um <laughs> i feel like he would be a peacock for some reason like <laughs> <laughs> yes uh absolutely um let's see i chase um i don't know he was i I was thinking through because i was like oh let me think about these he was the only i was like i don't know (laughs) he's a hard one he's a hard one i feel like i feel like he's he gives me like elsa energy sometimes that is yeah (laughs) true (laughs) just like super in his head and and you know analytical he has all this, he has all these like abilities and he just doesn't really recognize sometimes how great. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. Especially, yeah, no. Um, Steven, as a me, Steven, I couldn't draw to save my life. So anybody with even an ounce of talent to draw, I'm like, whoever is above gave you this because that is such a hard, like, I could, I'm like, I've tried, I've taken art classes and stuff like that. And I'm like, nope, I don't have that <laughs> in my DNA. So, the, but the fact that he questions that, I'm like, and you made it into a program. Like, it's, they weren't just like handing it out. <laughs> like, I know he's super talented. So, but it's all, you know, you know how it is. Like you just, I feel constant, constantly too, like as queer people, we're just constantly second guessing ourselves because 100%. we're already not good enough. For a larger society, and then it's like the things that we are good at, we have to be the best, or it's nothing. Yeah, um, and it's like that constant pressure, and uh, it's it's it sucks. Very much so. Now let me get the random questions. Good answers, though. Thanks. Oh, this. <laughs> of course, I would have a Disney question. Yes. Randomly, it was the fate. Um, if you were the eighth dwarf in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, what would be your name? Um, <laughs> my first thought was bitchy, um, <laughs> but I'm I I the PG version might be Moody. 
Moody, yeah, that would be the Disney version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, have you met anyone famous, and how was that experience? Um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, the first person that comes to mind is Mariah Carey, um, and she was incredible, um, a goddess. Uh, I was about to say, yeah, I would <laughs> super, super um, timid um and just really really sweet and she's just so like larger than life Mm -hmm. but she i don't know she's just she's very warm and Mm -hmm. um she really like she was just really attentive and like really um i don't know just a very totally different than that persona that she you know sort of like has been given yeah yeah yeah, that's a that's a good one to meet. If you had to meet, that's like top. That's up there. That's what up there with the Ferrero Rocher's. Bucket, that's a bucket list right there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Favorite breakfast cereal. Some of these questions I don't know how I came up with. Oh, fruity pebbles. Oh, Not even, I don't have to think about that. I don't allow myself to eat them because they're so bad for you. But fruity pebbles. Yeah. Um, last question I'm making up on the fly, which is probably going to be a hard one for you. What is your favorite Disney movie? Oh, you're like, goodbye. <laughs> I can't answer. So, oh, that's difficult. Cause there's a lot of different, there's a lot of layers to that, right? There, like, yeah. There's a lot of subgenres. I feel like if we're going for like animation, like just the pure art form of it, I would have to say sleeping beauty mm-hmm. uh, because it's just exquisite. The art is just gorgeous. Um, if we're going for like childhood nostalgia, Aladdin, mm. Um, if, I mean, I, I, Aladdin was my sexual awakening. Yes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, if, I mean, modern Disney, I would say Moana, mm-hmm. um, love Moana. Um, but like the movies that like have my heart right now are Coco and Luca. Uh, oh, so but you're Pixar, so yeah. it's like, that's a, a whole nother, other, yeah, that's a whole other thing. It is, yes. I I do agree with Aladdin because <laughs> even when I went, um, because again, did not grow up with lots of money, so never went to Disney until I was an adult, and I went when I was like maybe nineteen, twenty, maybe even twenty one, and I went to meet and greet with <laughs> Aladdin and Jasmine. <laughs> I said, look, girl, Jasmine, you could take a break. Me and Aladdin could talk. And she did so well because she was like, oh, I'm here. And I was like, so Aladdin, <laughs> is Jasmine working out for you? Or And my friends were like, oh, my gosh. And he was just like, he was a good sport about it, whoever you are. You're, I know you're probably listening. But I, so the, so I, I love going to Disney. It's so freaking expensive. We could talk about that all day. Oh, yeah. Um, but the last time I went, I was with my husband and, and two of our friends. And we went to, we were like, we're just going to like go all out. So we did yeah. the, like, we did like the, the bougie dinner at Cinderella Castle in uh, in Orlando. Like we need a kidney as a down payment. <laughs> and l- literally a freaking and like the food was food was good. It was really yeah. good. um, but like all the princesses came around to all the tables, and when Jasmine came around, she was feisty. <laughs> Loved her, but so my my husband is Lebanese, mm. um, 
and so like you know i was we were joking like oh you know i i i have my aladdin right here right um and she was and we were she, i i don't want to say that she dipped out of character because she was very like disney princess but she was very like okay you can have my aladdin too and i was like ah! If you insist, <laughs> if, if, if you insist, you bring him right over. Right, this my table will be here. Uh huh. Uh huh. And my husband was like dying, laughing, and just so embarrassed by me. Um, You're like, but, whatever. I'm, we're getting our money's worth. Yes. <laughs> we came here um, to sell a kidney. We're leaving with an Aladdin. So it's a win. And I'm, and I'm okay with it. I'm yeah. Okay. That's the that's the dream when you go to Disney leave yeah. with your own Aladdin. That's yes. gonna be maybe that'll be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh next, I always love to talk about uh, mental health, break that stigma. I mm-hmm. always talk about it and always ask anybody that I interview, what is something that you are willing to share that you do to keep your mental health in check? Um, so I think. A lot of the things that I do to keep my mental health in check, I mean, a lot of it's writing, honestly. Um, I, so I sort of use my writing as therapy. I've been in therapy before. I'm, I'm, I'm married to a therapist. I was about to say, you kind of, you're like, my tip is marry a therapist. <laughs> marry a no therapist. No copay, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is, but it is nice to like be able to process to an extent Right. Mm-hmm. Because, like he's not on the clock and like, I don't want to make him work, but like, right. it, it, you know, he does, he does allow me that space. Um, and I don't know, it's a lot of like the things that like my therapist taught me back when I was in therapy, when I can afford it because I, I had health insurance and now I, I do not have health insurance mm-hmm. and so we love America. Um, okay. <laughs> we love the healthcare system. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the stuff that um, like was in, in my debut can't take that away because there's a lot of um, uh, on the page therapy in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff that like the therapist taught Carrie, the main character, is the stuff that my therapist taught me, you know, like trying to hold on to the good stuff and just get rid of, you know, just like put the good stuff in your pocket. Yeah. Um, you know, repeat to yourself, like you already have everything you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying not trying to like focus on being grounded and saying like, I, f- I can feel myself on the ground. Right. I can, I can touch the things that are around me. I'm the, the world around me is not crumbling down. Right. Take a couple seconds and like, just sort of come we back. Saw, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that, and, and obviously like, you know, just taking space to like for self-care, like whatever my version of self-care is like for me, it's watching star Wars and like, I, it's like, I will just put on star Wars and I, I don't, I don't need to pay attention because I've seen it yeah. so, so many times that like, I, I, I know what's going to happen. So it's very comforting. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's just like little things and yeah, just making sure that you check in with yourself. Like, I feel like we all have that comfort movie show, something that we can put on. Um, I do always admit though, and I actually just interviewed um, Byron Lane, who <laughs> used to be the personal assistant to Carrie Fisher. And I said, hey, gotta get this out. I've never seen any Star Wars 
in my life. Um, except for one episode, you're like, goodbye. <laughs> one episode of Mandalorian, it was not by choice, um, but Sasha Banks was in it. So I was like, okay, I can watch it for this. Um, but I feel like one day I need to break down and actually watch them because so many people are like, they're the best. They, I need to get my life together. I mean, my my husband had never seen anything real, like any, anything of Star Wars really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, surprise, bitch, (laughs) you have nothing to do. And so I'm going to take you through all of Star Wars in chronological order. Um, and so we just watched all All of the movies, um, every single one, uh, the Mandalorian wasn't out yet. Um, hopefully he enjoyed that and wasn't like, he, no, he he got it. And it was really interesting because like, I grew up seeing the original trilogy first and then in the new movies, the, uh, the prequel trilogy came Mm -hmm. out. I was like in middle school. Um, And then obviously like the new trilogy came out recently. Right. Um, But like, yeah, I don't don't know. know. But like, it was, I remember growing up, like everyone was so critical of, of the, the, you know, Darth Vader's origin, Anakin Skywalker, because, like, in the prequels, like, Hayden Christensen played him, and everyone was like, he's so whiny and moody and angsty, and when... He's a beautiful man. (laughs) He's just such a beautiful man. (laughs) Also responsible for a little sexual awakening as well. Um... Uh, all men are responsible for my sexual awakening. Same. <laughs> it's in my life. Like I'm continually being woken up by, yeah. by, by men. You're like, do uh, I like this? <laughs> am I the drama? Right. Uh, so I, it was just funny, like watching it through his eyes and him being like, I like this character. Like you really feel his pain. And I'm like, okay, therapist. Like, right. Okay. <laughs> Tell me all the things that I already knew, but like nobody else really, you know. Right, we're in tune too. In. Yeah. That's, so that's fun. Of course. I would, oh gosh. I don't have any close, close friends that are therapists, but I feel like it would be an adventure to watch a movie with them and be like, how do you feel about this character? Because I know how I feel. <laughs> See, what do you think? It's, it, I know it's very, it, it is very, he's always like, I'm not on the clock right now. And I'm like, oh, come on, please. Come on, Just, let's psychoanalyze. Let's analyze them real fast. Just give me a little psychoanalysis. Come yes. on. See, that's how I feel when I watch, because criminal justice was my minor. And anytime I watch anything criminal, I'm like, no, that would not happen. I'm like, sure, they solved a murder in 24 hours. Okay, CSI. <laughs> like, I'm like, literally my husband, he's like, <laughs> not a real therapist. That's right. Not- that, that, that she's a horrible therapist and I'm like yes. um, I'm like well I mean I can kind of see that too but also like it's Hollywood it's like, exactly that's how I feel now too like question of a writer is terrible on right. it, in everything it's like this is not how this happens correct everything not, is hyper, everything is hyper realized it really is I'm like like I said before bro, did y'all do research or did you just throw this together because <laughs> even now now that I've worked I worked at a behavioral health um, facility for like seven eight months I see stuff now and I'm like if it takes place in a behavioral health setting and I'm like that that's not accurate. like that would never happen. Like that would never fly. Like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I bet it's interesting to watch movies and TV shows with them. Speaking of which, recommendations. 
any movies, music, TV shows, podcasts, or books that you're obsessed with right now. It doesn't have to be anything new. It can be new, old, go-to favorites. Anything that you're like, I have to show this with the world anytime I get a second. Oh, oh my God. I get one second, that's it? No, <laughs> anytime you get a second to share, yeah. <laughs> Um, you're like one second uh, <laughs> and they <lived> <laughs> uh, as far as as far as music so we were talking about years and years earlier they uh he just released uh the new years and years album mm-hmm. and it is everything it's like 80s disco super gay everything is also it's very gay and very gay and i am we're obsessed. here for it <laughs> Yes, we are 1000% here for it. So that's, that is my musical recommendation. Um, as far as movies are concerned, um, what was the last movie I saw? I don't even remember. That's terrible. I guess I don't have one. Um, TV I shows, I, just, I mean, we're just talking about Star Wars. So I just finished the book of Boba Fett, um, which is on disney plus and right yeah my niece let me know about it and it's like oh it's the and i was like okay (laughs) it was just it was like it was just such a i mean it should have been called like the easter eggs of boba fett because Mm. it was just all of these easter eggs from like the prequel movies and the clone wars tv show and so it was just like all of these like little things that like if you didn't watch like the animated shows you probably were a little lost on like mm-hmm. who the other characters are. Um, so like that was fun. Um, podcasts, books. You would think I'm a writer. I'm like, <laughs> like I should be plugging. I don't read. <laughs> I don't read. No, I do read. What do I, what did I just, I, so the latest book that I finished, I'm literally, I'm looking at my bookshelf. I was about to say, I feel like you're looking at your bookshelf to see what it is. <laughs> So the last book that I read was um, Alison Cochran's The Charm Offensive, mm-hmm. um, which I loved. It's so good. Um, and just like made me feel like super gooey inside. And we just like love queer authors writing queer romance. Yes. Just give me, give me all of it. Um, so I'm going to go with that as my, as my rec. Um, yeah. Podcasts, I just listen to a lot of political podcasts and nobody really wants to hear about that. Yeah, I, you lost me there. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I go, it, my mind works this way too because I have two podcasts. I have Sunshine Steven that's motivational, positive, and then I have a murder podcast. So that's the two realms that I go with where I'm like, what mood am I in? Okay, I want to be inspired or I want to hear about somebody getting slaughtered because... I don't know. <laughs> Something's wrong with me. Um, but we, we're also big horror people too. So I swear I'm not a serial killer, everybody. <laughs> want to give you a moment to shout out any of your socials that you want to share, um, any upcoming projects, which really is <laughs> probably the main one is your book, which is technically out right now when this podcast is airing. So <laughs> yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Steven Salvatore Books. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen SS Writes. Um, I can't, I, I cannot make my socials the same for whatever reason. Like uh, there's not enough characters. Um, Twitter, and so it's, I don't want to change my Instagram name. So I'm just keeping them separate. Yeah. Um, sorry for all the people out there who have to 
memorize two different handles. No. Um, <laughs> and it's Steven spelled the correct way with a V. With a v. <laughs> yes. Although I have to say, I do have a soft spot for the PH. I used to want to change my name to the PH spelling. I was never, never that person. It felt, it felt very literary to me. So I'm just going to like, I'm just going to leave that there. Not so I. no hate for the PHs. <laughs> very much hate on my end. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can't help it if you were born with that name, but I always hated, there was two things I hated growing up when people were like, Steve, I still hate that. now. I was like, no, my name is Steven. There's an N, I don't go by Steve or they spell it with a PH. I was that kid that was like, that's not how you spell my name. Spell it correctly. I have family that still spelled my name with a PH and I don't understand. It doesn't, it doesn't actually make sense to me. It doesn't compute. Um, And my, I, I, I mean, I don't know. People out there probably don't know this about me but my husband's name is Steve and my father's name is Steve so I am literally surrounded as I'm like Steve is I would never go by Steve <laughs> well thank god my husband uses Steve because if if I was Steve and he was Steve it I mean would. we look very differently but we <laughs> but still like that would be a nightmare Instead of um, Adam and Steve, it's Steve and Steve. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just I was just saying the other day, like I was visiting my grandma and she, for whatever reason, calls me Steve. She always has. And I, I've, obviously I've never cried. She's my grandma. Like, right. My, like my grandma, grandma, no. Grandma called me Steven. But like yeah. she, she calls me Steve. And when she asked about my husband, she was like, oh, how's Steven doing? And I short circuited in my mind because I was like, I'm right here in front of you. And then I'm like, oh, oh no, no, no. Oh, you're okay. <laughs> okay. Uh. So it was like one of those like, I, Moments. I, I don't answer to the name Steve and he doesn't answer to the name Steven. So, That's so like, funny that is. It's very weird. That, that, that's funny though. Yeah, I don't have that. My husband's name is Brandon. So we avoided that it's, yeah, disaster. It's because that would be a journey for you. <laughs> yeah. Although it's funny, it's me, love my grandma, but she, she actually calls me Stevie, which um, she's the only, well, really that side of the family. I'm like, whatever. And when I was younger, it was Stevie Boy, which very country. I got, I got, no, I got the Stevie Boy. I got the, did you ever get, did you ever in, in like high school or whatever get Steve O? Yes. Oh, that was, <laughs> you know, your first email that you make when you think you're hot shit and you're old enough to have your own. Mine was Steve O, <laughs> Seven Rice. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. I think I had an I think I had a, a, a AOL instant messenger name with Steve. Yeah. Because that, oh, yeah. like, that was the, the thing. cool thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was better than Urkel. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, it was better. Yeah. Well, my last name is Rice. And so people took a lot of liberties with what's your middle name? Fried or yellow? And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> like, ha ha ha, you're so funny. Get your yeah, assholes. <laughs> Kids are such assholes. Such assholes. Uh, on that note, <laughs> I do want to thank you so much. People are like, wow, the last thing you said was kids are assholes. Uh, thank you so much for taking time to discuss the book with me. Um, entertain me with these stupid questions that I come up with. Um, and then also tell the world that kids are assholes. <laughs> they are. It's literally a point I make in my book. Or my I wrote and I'm like, no, kids are assholes. They were rude. <laughs> thank you. But thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, of course. And I, I, of course, encourage everybody to go get the book. It's out now. 
Yes, go pick it up, please. Yes, exactly. Um, and then, of course, go follow um, Stephen on Instagram or Twitter, whichever one, to keep updated. Evidently, he has another book coming out next year, so be mm-hmm. on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, awesome. That, Thank that you one, so much. I gotta say, I gotta say, that one's, like, gonna be much more intense. It's it's a family, it's a family drama. It's not, it's not oh. romance. It is, like, it's darker. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm a Pisces. I'm here for it. <laughs> Probably gonna be a little problematic, but whatever. Who cares? I'm here for it. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, I love that journey for you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. Stay safe out there. And until next time, have a fantastic day. Such a great chat. Such a great book. Go out and get it. <laughs> Let me see what I can ponder on. <laughs> give thanks for the joy of living that's a good one let's do another one <laughs> notice all the layers of sound let's do one more since these are kind of Ooh, i like this one watch the sunrise or sunset both can be equally as beautiful and a moment to reflect, which is what I suggest less hope you do for this week's Meditation Minute. I want to thank today's guest, Steven Salvador, for stopping by um, and lending some time and slash an advanced copy of his book. (laughs) Um, And They Lived. It's out now. It dropped on the 8th. Today is the 9th. So go out and get it. You can find um, links either on my page because I've posted about it or Steven's page. Um, Yeah. And I'll also put it in the description of this episode. So please, I encourage you to go get it. It's a sweet little love story. Um, So yeah, that's all I have for this week. Uh, Thank you for coming back. Be sure to come back next week where I'm interviewing um, somebody else. (laughs) Um, Interviewing uh, Natalie Cabo from, uh, I'm blanking, Netflix's 20-somethings. Austin, I think that's the name. It's still early. I'm, I'm really recording this too early before coffee, so... Nah. But yes, come back next week for that. That'll be a fun episode. Right? 
lots of talk, lots of uh, Grinch porn references. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but in between, you can definitely check out my socials at Sir Stephen Rice on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can also follow me on Clubhouse, even though, you know, I'm not on there much, but you can still do that if you want. Uh, I've also released a short story, but it's really gonna be one long story called Mad Love. Part one is out now on my blog. It's a scary slash can't be, it's, it's scream meets gossip girl, but gayer is how I wanna say it. So go and check that out. Stay safe out there though, in the meantime. Um, so until next time, have a fantastic day.